I wonder if we can do this tonight. I wonder for just a couple seconds if we can just begin to praise God according to the level that he's blessed you tonight. For just a couple moments, won't we just lift up our hands in this place, say, God, for everything that you've done in my life, Jesus, would I lift you up tonight? Let's, for just a couple moments, let's lift up the name. Let's lift up our voice in this place. We give you the glory that's due unto your name tonight, Jesus. So we thank you for another opportunity, God, to come into your presence tonight, Jesus. Why don't we give him a great big hand praise in this place? Thank you, Jesus. What an honor it is for us to be with you guys tonight. This is, a, this is our honor and our privilege. We, we, we esteem this church highly and Brother McCall. Highly, he's our, I know our district prayer coordinator, but I know more than that, he is a great man of God. If you love your pastor tonight, won't you give him a great big hand? Sometimes I know we don't realize until we go a bunch of different places how great we got it, Brother McCall. And I want y'all to know from an, from an outsider looking in, y'all have a wonderful, wonderful man of God. I didn't know how smart he was until we got to hang out with him for just a little bit. I promise you, I don't speak anything other than English. So y'all won't be hearing anything else coming out of my mouth. But uh, if you want to, if we could turn to the book of Psalm, chapter 127, in verse 3. And I promise you tonight, I'm going to be mindful of the time. Somebody said it this way one time, that the mind can only comprehend what the backside can endure. So I promise you I'll be mindful of that tonight. Psalm chapter 127 and verse 3. We was at a funeral yesterday, Brother McCall. There was a 16-year-old boy passed away, had brain cancer. Uh, and and we began to, we've been thinking about that for a while. He's been in hospice. He's went through four brain surgeries. And and we've been praying. The, our youth groups bound, bound together. They're more unified now than they've ever been. The church is bound together. There's been fasting, prayer going on for him. And then yesterday on the way to his funeral, or it may have been, we was on our way home. We was out of town. And uh, and my wife said, I just got to thinking a while back when Brother McCall came preach for us, and the title of his message was When God Says No. And, man, that just hit us, and it comforted us through that time. So we thank you for that message. And then it was right at that time we got the call that we was going to be here. So I like to look for confirmation and things, and I'm going to say that's confirmation right there. So I believe God's got a word for this church tonight. And, man, I've decided this, that my life is going to do one of two things, the way that I live my life. I'm either going to give validity and biblical authenticity to a redeeming and saving God, or I'm going to give a sinner another reason to doubt the church. And tonight, I want to be everything that I can be for the kingdom of God. Amen. I, when somebody sees me, the Bible says I'm like a city that's set up on a hillside. When they see me, I want them to see Jesus Christ in me. I want them to be full of love and compassion. I, I'm going to tell you tonight, I don't care how much truth we got. If we don't have love and compassion, we're not going to win a soul to God. Amen. But tonight, I want to live the way God would have me live. Amen. Psalm chapter 127 and verse 3 says this. Lo, children are in heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. I want you to say that with me real loud. Say, the fruit of the womb is his reward. No, I didn't say fruit of the loom. 
but the fruit of the womb is his reward. And I want to preach this tonight for just a few moments that the fruit is in the womb. Why don't we bow our heads, put our Bibles down for just a second, and just lift up our voices one more time in this place. Lord, we love you, and we give you thanks and honor, Lord, for abiding with us tonight, God, for coming into this place, Lord, and being with us, Lord, for opening up the windows of heaven, God, and letting your spirit just dwell in this place tonight, God. I believe that you've got a word for this church, God. Use me as that conduit tonight, God, to deliver that word, Lord, that you want ministered to this place, God. Use me as your vessel, God, and let it fall on ears that are anointed and are open, God. You said not only be hearers of the word, but be doers as well, God. So we want to do that tonight, Lord. And we ask that you'll have your perfect will. One more time, can we give God a great big hand praise in this place? I believe he's worthy, amen, of everything that we've got to give him. And you can be seated. I, be, I was thinking it was a uh, thank God for technology and for Facebook. I was looking this morning as I woke up, Brother McCall, and a year ago today I was in Israel. And the, the day that we were on was the day that we got to go and we got to walk into the Garden of Gethsemane and we got to pray where he prayed. And I began to think about how Jesus began to pray. He said, you know, if this cup uh, can, let it pass from me. And and then the very next prayer, because I know sometimes we go through things that, that, that the Lord even puts there. I know the Bible says that uh, uh, he send us. Satan to have thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet us. God said, I've given you a gift of Satan. Amen. But I begin to think about how, how he done he he did all he went through and uh he prayed if this cup can pass from me, let it happen. But then his very next prayer was, Nevertheless, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. Lord, whatever I've got to go through, Jesus, I'm, I'm prepared and I'm ready to go through it, Lord, for the miracle, God, that you're sending my way, for the people that are going to look at me and say, that's a man of God, for whatever I've got to do, whatever I've got to go through, Lord. I know there's going to be some rough times, Lord, and if you, can, if you can let me go around that maybe or bring me over that, God, but I know if you don't, God, that you're going to be, be with me through it, through everything that I do, amen, Lord, and nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done and then i then we went to the upper room Woo! we went to the actual upper room brother mccall and one thing that i'm so excited about is i can go into places and we can assemble together in places like this tonight and i know that there's something special about that place but when i be, when i walked into that upper room i begin to get those holy ghost chill bumps you know what i'm talking about and then all of a sudden brother brother uh David Bernard walked up. There's a little flight of stairs right there, and he got up there. He didn't say a word, no introduction, no nothing. He just began to say, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come. And they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And there's something that just happened, just poured out in that, in that place, in that same spirit that I felt that day in the upper room, Brother McCall. I can feel it in this same house tonight. I don't know how many thousands of miles I am away from where God did all these great things, but the things that he did, he, he, he said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's an omnipresent God. He's here. He, he, when he's over there, he's over here at the same time, and we got the same spirit in this house that they had that day in the upper room amen the people that were filled with the baptism of the holy ghost can be filled with the baptism of the holy ghost in this place in lake city tonight amen the scripture said the fruit is in the womb and that hit me when it said that 
And I believe God spoke to me, Brother McCall, when I read that scripture. A lot of times I read the Bible and I, I, I feel like I'm not nearly as, as spiritual as a lot of people are. But every once in a while, you just read that scripture and just something grabs you. Sometimes we can read three chapters and not get anything out of it. But sometimes we can read one scripture and it just sticks. That was my scripture. And we said the fruit is in the womb. God said you're only going to be able to produce what you're willing to carry. We're only going to be able to produce what we're willing to carry. Miracles are birthed out of uncomfortable wombs. I, I know, and, and, and some of you ladies can attest to this, I, I remember when my wife became, uh, can we say pregnant now? It's 2000-something, two, I think. Hopefully we say that now. I, I remember when my wife became pregnant with our with our first little girl, Aubrey. She's 10 years old. She was I sent us a picture of her a while ago. She was just getting cut and loose. We started at 5 o'clock. So that's another reason y'all know I'll be short. I'm usually about wrapping it up around now. But uh, they sent us a picture of her, her a while ago. She was just cutting loose down at the altar. Lord filled her with the Holy Ghost, I don't know, a couple months ago. And we're excited about that. But uh, I remember when she became pregnant with her, and some of you ladies are, are witnesses to this. You go through some crazy stuff when you got something brewing in here. Amen? Some of y'all get crazy. I'm talking mood swings and life changes and, and this and that. You know what I'm talking about. I remember one night that uh, I, I was asking her earlier, I don't think she ever had any any kind of wild cravings like pickles with ice cream or or any of this kind of crazy stuff. Some of y'all could probably tell some of the crazy stuff that y'all y'all craved. But I remember the one thing that, that she went through, I couldn't say, you know, crazy mood swings or anything because she she gets crazy with me all the time anyway, but I probably deserve it. But I was laying in <coughs> I was laying in bed one night and this one night turned into a few nights. But uh all of a sudden, you know, I'm I'm asleep there in the bed, Brother McCall. And all of a sudden I'm woke up by laughter. She's just over there. She hadn't she didn't have a dream. She wasn't looking at something funny on Facebook. She just woke up laughing. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what in the world's going on. And all of a sudden I'm like, what happened? Are you okay? I mean, what's going on? And then all of a sudden, she said, I, I, I'm fine. I don't really know what it is. I'm just, it's just funny. I said, what's funny? She said, I don't know. It's just funny. And all of a sudden, I finally kind of get calmed down a little bit. And uh, then she just bust out bawling. Yeah, it wasn't funny no more. So I don't know what changed. I don't, I don't know what changed it. But she just went, she, but her body went through a lot of changes. She went through different mood swings. She went through different trimesters with this baby and, and through different changes and and through this process of, of when a mother has that little miracle in her belly we'll take multiple tests to to confirm that there actually is something in there we'll take that first initial test and we'll go through the excitement of hey i'm having a baby and then we want to further confirm that so we'll go to the doctor and the doctor will say yes you are expecting with child and then after a little while and a few more weeks go by and another trimester goes by, you took multiple tests, you get to hear the heartbeat of that child. 
And somewhere, it, I believe between 16 and 20 weeks, you get to do the gender reveal. You get to go and you find out, thank, thank God for technology again, that we get to find out if we're having a boy or if we're having a girl. And I believe that's all there is, is boys and girls. And I believe it's still okay to be boys and to be girls. Amen. But you find out what you're having, and if technology is good enough, you get to even see maybe some of the characteristics. While the baby's in your belly, you get to see some of the characteristics of that little miracle. And sometimes I think that's the problem. We see it as a little, a little miracle. I begin to think about the story of Elijah when he, he called on the prophets of Baal and they came and they, they made their sacrifice and he made his sacrifice and they, you know, put the bullock up there and got the wood and got the everything, filled the, dug a trench. Man, I'm out of breath. I don't know, I've lost 50 pounds. That's kind of a commercial break. But as they dug the trench, they filled it up with water, which I, I, I still can't tell you today where they got that water at during the middle of the famine, where they got the bullock at. Uh, that's probably something Brother McCall may be able to enlighten me on. That's something that's astonished me for a while. But, but when all this was said and done, they said, let the God that answers by fire be God, and we know what happened. And I believe that the fire is not going to fall anywhere else other than the sacrifice. But that's another message for another time. But as the fire fell on that, uh, on, the on Elijah's sacrifice right there, and, and later on he told King Ahab, get thee up, eat and drink, for I hear the sound of abundance of rain, for an abundance of rain. But when they finally went up that last time on that hill, they didn't see an abundance, they just seen a little cloud about the size of a man's hand. So many times we pray for so many things. We've been praying for things for 10, 20, 30 years, and we're expecting this great and mighty miracle. And finally, God says, go up on top of the mountain. We just see a little thing. We say, God, that's not what I'm praying for. But Elijah was spiritual enough to know that if I wait on that little cloud, if I just see that little miracle, if I just see that little miracle, I know that there's an abundance coming in my life. Amen. If we can look at Luke chapter 19, Verse 41 through 44, it says, And when he was come near, he beheld the city, and he wept over it, saying, If thou hadst known even thou at least in thy day the things which belong unto, your pe unto, you, unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. For the day shall come upon thee that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee and compass thee round and keep thee in on every side, and shall lay thee even with the ground, and thy children within thee, and, and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another, because thou knowest not the time of my visitation. And I preached, and I want to get to more of that in just a minute, but I, I was listening to a message by Brother Tenney, and he preached a message called Passion Before Power. And he said, Power comes out of one place. It comes out of covenant. Power comes out of covenant. See, many of us, we have a passion for our local church. We have a passion for God, but we're lacking that, that passion where God has called us to be. We've got a passion for all we got a passion for the church. We've got a passion for God, but we're, we've lost that desire of where God has placed us to work. We're committed to our brothers. We're committed to our families, but we're not committed to the city that we live and God thinks in geographical and territorial terms. 
That's how God, God's mind works. And the devil knows this. That's why we have such a struggle with reaching the world because the devil, I believe, has came in covenant with the land. He has came in covenant with the land. That's why we have so many strongholds of drugs and alcohol and numerous sins that are holding people captive that we can't seem to pull them out of. The Bible calls Satan the prince of Persia, the prince of Greece, and the principality, which principality just basically means the prince over a state or a prince over an area. That's why in Romans it says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor none of these things shall be able to separate me and also it says in ephesians for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and against powers god thinks in territorial terms i believe that god gives us influence not over just the people in our life but i believe that he gives us influence and favor in the areas that he's positioned us in amen god has given us paragold but I'll be completely honest with you, Brother McCall, there's parts of Paragol that I've probably yet to fall in love with. I wonder this tonight, is there parts of Lake City that you've yet to come in covenant with, that you've yet to fall in love with? There's, there's places that I, I'll, I'll cringe if I've got to go there. I, I don't look forward to going to certain places. I drive a school bus, and I drive a school bus in certain areas that I don't even want to be in. And Paragol, there's, there's things that God's still having to work with me on because I haven't fully came in covenant with the place that he's had me to work. I believe that God's called you into covenant with Lake City, but I wonder if there's places here that you've yet to fall in love with. We can love God, and we can love the church, and we can love the pastor, which is good, and I highly recommend doing that. But we can't despise the land and expect strongholds to be broken in our cities. Israel even had 12 tribes, and each one of them had to come in covenant with their own territory. At Psalms, in Psalm chapter 16, brother, verses 5 and 6 says this, The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance, and of my cup thou maintainest my lot. The lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places. Yeah, I have a goodly heritage. The lot is destiny. The land is inheritance. If we can't see our lot and our land as a pleasant place, the revival that we've been waiting on for so long is never going to come. How can we build a house on land that we don't even own? How can we expect a revival of thousands or even hundreds in lands that we haven't bought into? I believe the eyes of this city needs to see, yes, that I've got a covenant with God. They need to see that. They need to see that you have fallen in love with your God, that you are, that you are anchored and you're not changing. But the second thing they need to see is that you love the city that they live in. They need to see that you have a covenant with God and that you've got a covenant with the city that you're living in. Amen. If we don't bind to the land of the lost souls, the lost souls, I promise you, will never bind to the church. The scripture said they knew not the time of his visitation. They missed Jesus. They didn't recognize him in their midst, and they missed God in the flesh walking past them. They may have missed their miracle because they were not expecting their miracle. See, the reason they didn't recognize Jesus Christ when he came was because they didn't expect the king of all glory to come riding in on a donkey. How many times 
has something came dressed up as something else and we didn't recognize what was really going on. I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell this and we don't tell anybody this. I, it's just something I felt like God wanted me to tell. We just taught our church not very long ago and it's probably been a couple of years ago. We uh we my wife and I built a house what, two or three we've built another one since then, but before that we probably about three years ago, three or four years ago. And Brother McCall, we poured our blood, sweat, and tears into that house. I mean, everything that we was able to do, we we did it, and, and we got in it very reasonable. And then all of a sudden, we've been living, we, I don't even think we was living in it a year yet, and the highway department came to us and said, hey, we're putting a road through your house. I mean, just, I mean, just tear you down, you know what I'm saying? And it, I don't know, I don't think it was a coincidence. I was in the middle of the book of Job, Brother McCall, when this happened. But we built this, our dream home, put our blood, sweat, and tears into this. And all of a sudden, you get a phone call saying, we're tearing it down. We're putting a road through your house. And my wife, she, I think she cried for probably about two weeks straight every day, saying, man, what are we going to do? You know, we've put everything that we've got into this house. And what we've seen as opposition ended up turning into the biggest opportunity that we've ever had. And I'm telling you this, and because we're not people that ever tells our business, brother. We're just those type of people that we don't like anybody to know anything that we got going on. But the process goes on. They came out, and they they did a formal thing, and we went to two or three of the city meetings. And... uh they send out appraisers to the house and they send this person out and that person out and by the time this thing was all said and done we've been praying for a financial blessing we've always been faithful and everything that we do and by the time that all this was over brother McCall after everything was paid for they gave us a hundred and thirteen thousand dollars after everything that went on and I said, God, I didn't, I didn't expect this. God, I didn't know you was going to do this. Lord, I thought what I seen as opposition, God, you seen it as my blessing. Lord, what I seen as a struggle, God, you seen it as a miracle. I've decided that from now on, Lord, whatever I've got to do, Lord, whatever I've got to be, God, I'm going to give it all to you. I'm going to trust in you. The Bible says to trust in the Lord with all our heart. Lay not unto our own understanding because a lot of times it's our own understanding that gets in the way, amen. But when I forget all that, when I can take my fleshly eyes off and begin to see through Jesus' eyes, Say that 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 this trial is not really my destruction, but it's a stepping stone, God, into what you're wanting to do in my life. And I think God can bless us when we get past sin through our natural eyes. Amen. I don't know what miracle today that you've been carrying or what fruit that you're waiting for to see produce. You've been through, I know, season after season, and you've been through different changes, through different trimesters through life. It may be for a son or daughter or a grandson or a granddaughter or a mom or dad, or it may be for your ministry. I don't know what it is, but this one thing that I know, before you're ever going to experience that miracle, God is going to give you the heartbeat of your miracle. I promise you, before Brother McCall ever started pastoring this church, he gave him a heartbeat for Lake City. Before God will ever give you the miracle that you've been praying for, he's going to give you the heartbeat of that miracle. God is always going to give you the heartbeat before he will give you the miracle. If you don't get the heartbeat before you get the miracle, you will not know enough to properly care 
for that miracle after God puts it in your hands. Moms, grandmas, before you ever had your son or daughter, before you ever had that little miracle, you got to hear the heartbeat. And from the moment you heard that heartbeat, there was an undeniable love that nothing else could destroy. I know that statistics say that 95% of all abortions are simply out of convenience. 95% of all abortions are out of convenience. It's because the parent doesn't want to change for the baby. They don't want the responsibility that comes along with that. They simply just abort the baby just out of convenience. They don't want to have their life changed for the baby. They don't want the work that's that has to be put into. They don't have the responsibility that has to be put into for that little miracle. They don't want to sacrifice their own bodies or their life for the miracle that is inside of them. Another statistic I read said this, and this really uh, threw me for a loop. Out of the moms who plan to abort their baby, the ones that made it to listen to the heartbeat, 90% of them changed their mind. Once they heard the heartbeat, they said, no longer can I go through this because when we hear the heartbeat, we fall in love. When we hear the heartbeat, we can become in covenant with what God's trying to call us into. God will always give us the heartbeat before he will give us the miracle. Amen. Church, once God gives you the heartbeat for your miracle, you will never lose that expectancy that it's coming. God may have promised you something 30 years ago, 40 years ago, I don't know what, but you're still holding on to that promise today because of the heartbeat that you heard a long time ago. I believe that there's promises that God has given us for, for, for whatever it may be, for our families, for our ministries, for strongholds to be broken in our families and in our cities, but we keep holding on to those promises because I promise you soon and very soon God is going to reach down and he's about to perform a work in our lives like we've been expecting for a long time. That that heartbeat that we heard a long time ago that we fell in love with. God is about to step on the sea on the scene and say, Now it's time. We're about to see. I believe that God is sending recruiters out as we speak, Brother McCall, for these backsliders that were once experienced the glory of God. They're out there doing their own thing, but I believe God is sending conviction and He's stirring their hearts. And they say, He's saying there's a church there in Lake City that you fell in love with, that you was filled with the Holy Ghost in, that you was baptized in. There's a pastor there that loves you. There's a church there that loves you, and they're about to be back in this place with their hands lifted up, speaking in another tongue. Amen. Living for God. Like they've never lived for God before. If you're excited about that tonight, why don't you give him a great big hand praise? Thank you, Jesus. The rich young ruler was one who had no problem paying his tithes. He had no problem showing up at work day at the church. He had no problem doing outreach or giving Bible studies. But even after all that, he said, God, what am I lacking? What is it that I'm missing? And God said, if you really got it going on like you think you got it going on, then go and sell all that you've got and give it to the poor and come and follow me. What he told him is he said, you're missing the sacrifice. Although the rich young ruler, he had a life full of strengths, he still had a weakness. 
See, a lot of times we believe because we live a sin-free life and we're faithful to church, we're faithful in tithes, we're faithful in doing the things of God, and we believe in the truth, we think that that's our sacrifice. We see our strengths as our sacrifice, but God said that's not your sacrifice. The Scripture tells me that's just my reasonable service. Brother McCall, I, I, I promise you tonight that your sacrifice to God will never be what's easiest to give. The rich, young, the rich young ruler missed out on so many miracles because he wouldn't let what was on the inside change what he had on the outside. He wouldn't let it change the possessions that he owned. Scripture says, talking about Jesus, he said, for the joy of the Lord, he endured the cross. I, I, I don't see how, how physically I could do that, seeing what was going on. He knew exactly what was going to happen. But he said, for the joy of the Lord. He knew the miracle that was coming. That's where the joy came from. For the joy of the Lord, I endured the cross. There's going to be some things in our life that we're going to have to endure if we want to see the miracle. We need to start seeing the joy instead of the sorrow. Amen. The sacrifice, I know it wasn't easy. But he endured because he knew that the miracle was coming. Can I tell somebody today that the joy and the love for the miracle is going to be far greater than the sorrow and agony of the sacrifice that you're going to have to give? Too many times I believe we fix our eyes on the sorrow and the sacrifice, but God wants to tell you today to start looking at the joy that's in the miracle. Amen. Once you get that heartbeat and you fall in love with that, you're going to get the joy. And whatever I've, whatever I've got to go through after that, is going to be worth it all. I don't know where I may be today if it hadn't been for a praying mom and a praying dad willing to sacrifice whatever it took to make sure that I serve the Lord and because they were willing to carry whatever it took to see me prosper in the kingdom of God. I can stand here today, Brother McCall, and tell you that I'm a one God apostolic, tongue-talking, holy roller, born-again, heaven-bound believer in the liberated power of Jesus' name. Amen. Because of the, of the weight and everything and the sacrifice because of my parents and what they were able to give they can see their son and i'm going to do the same thing brother mccall because i got a boy and a little girl they need a dad that's going to say whatever comes and whatever may go good what am i trying to say but man i serve a great god whatever i've got to do brother mccall whatever i've got to become as for me in my house i'm going to serve the lord there's nothing greater than knowing that your children walk in truth. There's nothing greater than seeing your little girl filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. There's no greater joy knowing that when my little boy gets just a little bit older, I'm going to see him speaking in another tongue. I'm going to see him baptized in the name of Jesus. Whatever may come, whatever may go, it's going to be worth it all. Lord, let me see the joy in the miracle and not just the sorrow and the agony of the sacrifice. But let me be willing to do whatever you call me to do. Whatever I've got to go through, let me go through it, Lord. I believe tonight that the fruit is in the womb, amen. You know, I, I, I believe, Brother McCall, that, that we're living in the last days. There's no doubt about that. We're living in the last days. How many, can, can you agree with me on that? There's no doubt today that we're living in the last days. And I believe that... that Brother Mark Morgan, I used probably a camp meeting when he preached that. He said that he believed God has given us, uh, I won't get into politics between a 
Trump for for 2016 and a Hillary for prison kind of kind of debate but you can kind of see where I stand on that but he said that we see how we got a president in there now that's saying you know there's still one nation under God that we're still doing these things and he said I, I, I believe that God has given us a space of grace to do these things but I believe that there's going to come a time where the space brother McCall God is going to say alright that's it the window's going to close and there's going to be a time when when nations are going to rise against nations. There's going to be wars and rumors of wars. I believe that that there's a day coming. This world is going to be far worse than we've ever ever seen it. And tribulation is going to draw worse and worse and worse. But I believe also the time that the that the world's going down. I believe the church is going to be rising up. Amen. I believe the greater the tribulation the world's going to go through, the greater revival that the church is going to have. Amen. I believe that there may be fathers going against sons, sons against fathers, and and families rising up, brothers betraying brothers but i believe that there's going to be a church that's going to experience an unmatched and uh, 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 undemonstrated power of god there's going to be a revival an end time revival like we've never experienced before amen i i i, I get excited but i get uh, frustrated at the same time brother mccall when i read about places like uh, ethiopia and maybe africa where brother logan is I mean, they're experiencing these great revivals. They're seeing miracles, signs, and wonders happen all the time, and they're seeing thousands of souls. And I'm thinking, God, that's what I want to see in Perigold, Arkansas. God, that's what we need to see in Lake City, Arkansas. And God is saying, where is your sacrifice? Where is your sacrifice? You know, Brother, Brother Logan told us this. He said, if I went to over to, to Africa, Brother McCall, and he said, and I, I built just a... Uh, a mega church over there. He said, I'd be deemed a failure. He said, I could go over there and I could, I could create a mega church. He said, but I would be deemed a failure in that area. He said, my job is to go over there and to work. He's supposed to go over there and produce more preachers and missionaries. And sometimes we get co so caught up and there's so many churches that just say, you know, if I can just open my church, you know, if I could just break, you know, if I could get to that 100 mark or that 150 mark, 200 mark, you know, I'd have it set and I'd have it made and this and that. That ain't what it's about, church. I, was, I, I drive a school bus there at Green County Tech at, in Perigold and there was a, uh, thank God it wasn't an apostolic woman at this time, but uh she said, you know, I go to a little church, and that's, that's how I like it. I don't, I don't want it to grow. I just I like that, you know, just that little. What kind of mentality is that? Lord, we figured it up one time. We got close to 30,000 people now in, in Paragould, and if we had, our, our plan is, because I believe with all my heart, just like I preached to you a while ago, God thinks in geographical and territorial territorial terms we plan on planting churches all across Paragould. that's that's what god has spoke to us he said he, he gave us tongues interpretation brother mccall and he said that y'all are going to pick fruit that nobody else wants to bear that's what church is about i don't care if nobody else wants you we want you but that's what we plan on doing is we plan on planting churches. But we, we, we had said at one time, and me and Dad sat down and figured it up, and we could put 50 churches, if I remember this right, we could put 50 churches in Paragould, Arkansas, each one running 500 people, 
And there would still be lost people. There would still be lost souls in the city. I've got to get busy about my father's business. I've got, this is a fight that we're going to be fighting. You know, when uh, in Exodus, my wife just did a Bible, ladies' Bible study over this. I preached about it at a church in Jonesboro last Sunday. But uh, in Exodus, it talks about how the children of Israel are on their way to, to the promised land where God has promised them, kind of like we're preaching tonight. God has promised us some things, even though we've got to go through some wilderness. But the children of Israel, they're going through the wilderness, and all of a sudden it says they come across Amalek and the Amalekites. And he told Joshua, he said, I want you to get you some men, and I want you to go and I want you to fight uh, Amalek and his army. So Amalek, or, or Moses, Moses, Aaron, and Hur, they go up to the top of the hill, and the story goes, and the scripture says that every time Moses was ra- would raise his hands up, every time he would raise his hands up, well, I don't remember the story, they said Joshua and his men, the children of Israel, would prevail over the Amalekites, but every time he said, every once in a while, you know, his hands would get heavy, and those hands would start to go down just a little bit, and every time his hands would go down, that the Amalekites would prevail. And all of a sudden, there, there was a purpose for Aaron and Hur. And I, I, I don't even know, I, I, I don't even have this up here. I don't know why I'm talking about this, Brother McCall, but I believe that there's some times that pastor's hands are going to get heavy. I prom- I've lived in a pastor's home my whole life. I'm the associate pastor right now, and if it's up to Dad here next month, I want to be the pastor. I feel that kindred spirit right there. So I'm getting a little dab of it myself, and I promise you there's some stuff that he does behind the scenes that y'all will never, ever know about. I promise you these two boys right here, they could tell you so much more than you think that they would know or he would know or anybody else would know because I've been there. Amen. But there's some things that happen behind the scenes that y'all will never know about. I just hope, hope there ain't nobody in here that's ever the one that says, Pastor, you didn't shake my hand. I'm going somewhere else. He did, I promise you he didn't even tell me to say none of this. But there's going to be some times that his hands are going to get weary, that his hands are going to get heavy. I promise you he's a man just like you're a man or just like you're a woman. We're all human and all, and we all experience fatigue sometimes, even in the spiritual realm. But there's sometimes his hands are going to be heavy. But if there was an Aaron and a her in this church that can come up to him and lift up both of his hands, they said, they said he would get tired and Aaron and her, they went and slid a rock under him. And, and, and all of a sudden, he sat down on the rock, and he rested. And they would hold his hands up. And they said they held Moses' hands up, Aaron and Hur did, until the night came and the children of Israel prevailed. I promise you, if this church is going to prevail, it's going to be a group effort. Amen. It's not going to be one man or one woman, but it's everybody working together in unity for the kingdom of God. And then after this happened, it says Moses went and he built an altar. Moses went and he built an altar. And he said, the name of this altar is Jehovah Nisi. I know we have a lot of men and a lot of women. They go and fight under a banner. It's called the American flag. And I'm thankful. I promise you I'm not a person that's ever going to kneel for that flag. But I'm going to stand with my hand over my heart. But Moses went and he built an altar. He said, Jehovah Nisi, which means the Lord is my banner. And he said, when we fight, we're fighting united in one accord 
for the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the name that is above every name, amen. And I'm thankful one day that he built an altar. And I'm glad today that I fight under that same, that same banner, that same flag, amen. Whatever I do, I want to do it in the name of the Lord, amen. Why don't we give him a great big hand praise tonight? And the end of that scripture, what got me, and stand with me tonight, I'm coming to an end. At the end of that passage, he said, God told Moses, he said, I want you to tell Joshua for years to come, remind him of what happened here today. Put it as a remembrance in his mind because we're going to be fighting the same army. We're going to be fighting the same fight from generation to generation. And I know it's 2018 and we're still fighting that same fight. What it was is the Amalekites came between the children of Israel and what God had promised them. There are some things tonight that's still coming in between you and what God has promised you in your life. I know that there's been some family members that you've been praying for. There's been some needs that you've been praying for in your life, and sometimes we get to a place where we wonder, God, are you going to do it? Is it going to happen? And we just got to think, Lord, whatever I've got to do, whatever I've got to be, I'm going to hold on. I'm going to keep on keeping on until you call me home. Lord, whatever you do, whatever you don't do, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to live for you. And I promise when you get the right mindset, when you get that sacrifice that God is asking you, Remember, sacrifice is never what's easiest to give. We want to say, God, I want to give you this. I believe a lot of times it's a lot easier to give money. It's easier to throw money at something than it is to even give our time to do something. When's the last time I gave somebody a Bible study? When's the last time I went to outreach? When's the last time I, I didn't see that, that, that person as just that person that's always condemning me and trying to tear me down, and i seen them as a lost soul? We've got to become in covenant with our land. See, a lot of times, and, and God put this on my mind the other day too, said a lot of times we go somewhere and we may go into work that morning and we're already dreading going into that place because we know this, this person's going to be here and that person's doing this and we just dread going to that place. God said you've got to love them. You've got to come in covenant with them. You've got to come in covenant with your environment. And I promise you, you know how sometimes we can just walk into the house of God and we can just, there may not be nobody else here. We're the only person here. We haven't been praying. We haven't uh, even tried to, to step into that supernatural realm. But all we've got to do is just step into the house of God and we can feel his presence. That's because we've came in covenant with the church, the place of God. Imagine what would happen if we came in covenant with our workplaces. If we came, became in covenant with the land that, we live in, that we're living in, that God placed us to work in. The same feeling that you feel when you walk into the house of God, somebody could feel that same feeling when they walk into the same building that you were in. Man, how I want to be what God wants me to be. Can we just lift up our hands in this place right now? God, I want to be in covenant with your land, Jesus. Lord, I know I'm only going to be able to produce, God, what I'm willing to carry tonight, Lord.
Lord, I don't any longer want to see the sorrow, God, and the sacrifice, Lord. But I want to see the joy that's in the miracle, God. You said for the joy of the Lord, you endured the cross, Lord, the worst pain, God, to, that anybody could ever experience, Lord, the, 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 everything that you went through, Jesus. You said you've seen the joy in it, the sacrifice that you went through, the pain that you went through, God, being put on a cross, Lord, nails driven into your hands and your feet, Lord, being whipped, God, and chastised and spit at, God, and a spear in your side, Jesus. And all you said is, I see the miracle that's going to come through this. Lord, whatever I've got to go through, whatever I've been going through, God, whatever I've got to experience, God, let me keep my eye, Lord, on the miracle, Jesus. Whatever I've got to change, whatever trimester, God, that I've got to go through, Lord, whatever you've got to do in my life, Jesus, Lord, you've given me the heartbeat Jesus, you've let me fall in love, God, with what you're trying to give me, Lord. Lord, there's a ministry, God, that you're trying to put in somebody's life tonight, God. Give them the heartbeat, Lord, for what you're trying to do, Jesus. Give them the heartbeat for lost souls, God. Give them the heartbeat, Lord, for to be a, a, a children's teacher, God, to be a preacher in this place, God. Give them a heartbeat, God, to be a servant in your kingdom, Lord. Whatever it is you may be calling us to do, God, let us answer that call tonight. I wonder if, some, if there's somebody tonight that, that God's been trying to speak to you about something, and you can make your way up front, and you can claim victory over whatever miracle God has promised you in your life. I don't want to miss an opportunity of what God's trying to do. The rich young ruler, he missed so many opportunities because he wasn't willing to do what God told him to do. Lord, I don't want to miss another opportunity, God. I don't want to miss the time of your visitation, God, as you walk into this place, God. Lord, I believe, God, if we'll just look, Lord, it may not be, Lord, how we expect it, God. Lord, how we envisioned it, Jesus, Lord. But let me see you, God, as you're in my midst, God, so I can take advantage, God, of the opportunity, God, that you've set before me. Just a moment in the presence of God can change our life forever. Lord, I know there's been some things, God, that have come against me. There are some things that have tried to tear me down. Lord, but as the Scripture says, I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come, Lord, no matter what it is, God, no matter what worldly uh, sin is trying to come into my life, Jesus, Lord, nor drugs nor alcohol, God, nor condemnation, Lord, none of these things, God, are going to be able to separate me from you, Lord. I've planted my feet, Jesus. Lord, and I give you my all tonight, God. Lord, let me see the joy in the miracle, Jesus. Lord, I believe that there's some sons and daughters that are about to make their way back into the church. I believe that there may be some grandsons or granddaughters that are going to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. There's some moms and dads. There's some family members, cousins and uncles and aunts that are about to be in this place and be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Lord, we thank you, God, for what you're about to do. Lord, I know that my obedience to your word tonight is about to birth many miracles in my life, in this house, in our families, and in our ministries. Lord, I believe that you're about to lose some things, Lord, in our lives, God, that we've been praying for for a long time, Jesus. Lord, let us begin to experience miracles, signs, and wonders, Jesus.
Oh, take my life, God, as a living sacrifice, Jesus. We give ourselves to you tonight, Jesus. All that I am, God, all that I have to offer, Jesus. Lord, I know that I'm unworthy, God, Lord, of what you're able to give, Jesus. Lord, but I'm willing. But I'm willing, Jesus. Yes, Jesus, I give myself away to you, Lord. I wish somebody would envision that miracle that God's trying to pour out in your life. I wish somebody would get that joy back about that son that you've been praying for, that daughter that you've been praying for, that ministry that God is talking to you about. See the joy in it. Lord, I give myself away, God, so that you can use me, Jesus. Paul said this one thing that I know forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to the things which are before. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling which is in Christ Jesus. Listen me, God. Let me decrease, Lord, in your side and my side and my eyes, God, that you can increase, Jesus. Well, thank you, God, for what you're doing in this place tonight, God. Thank you for what you're doing in this church, God, for the revival, God, that you've got in your hands, God, just waiting to be poured out, Jesus. I give myself to you tonight, Jesus.